we think that there's a lot of pain and confusion going on right now in this, quote, dating phase because people don't know how to say no graciously. They just don't know what to do. Or even guys, they don't know, should I state my intentions on the first date? Should I? I think there's more amazing people than not. And I think that so many of those people just really have never been equipped in how to practically date somebody. And again, that dating phase, because I think it's dating, relationship, engaged, marriage. So, you know, when you're in a relationship with somebody, a dating relationship, it's just so different from being in the dating phase with somebody where you're Mm -hmm. trying to find them. Take charge of your thoughts. Take charge of your life. Psychologist, author, speaker, musician, former professor, and the host of Love & Life, Dr. Karen Anderson Averill. Welcome to Love & Life. I'm Dr. Karen Anderson Averill. When I interact with singles in my community, I so often hear how weary they are of online and app dating. I get it. I wasn't a fan myself. It was so time intensive, and I didn't like the feelings that came up for me. I actually devoted an entire chapter of my book to online and app dating, meaning it's okay and actually healthy to take a break from it. According to a Psychology Today article by Alexandra Edel, among those using online dating, one of the most common words they used to describe their experience was exhausting. They say it feels like a second job, more like a duty than a playful flirtation. Some spend up to two hours each day searching for and communicating with potential dates. She then goes on to highlight some of the benefits of meeting IRL. She notes, Our intuitive sense about people works quicker and more accurately when we meet in person. We usually know what type of person is sitting across from us at dinner. And secondly, Finding dates in the real world also helps us stay present and connected outside of the digital world. It helps keep us engaged in our communities and with the people around us. This is exactly why Melissa New started If You Know You Know Dating, for those who are weary of swiping, and specifically for Christians who want to meet others who share their faith and values. Melissa shared her bio with me in the first person, so here it is. Hi, I'm Mel. I grew up in a Christian home in Phoenix, Arizona, and I got saved when I was 11 years old. I love to travel, especially with my friends, and I've lived in New Zealand, Australia, and Costa Rica. I moved to San Diego four years ago and started my business, If You Know You Know Dating, in early 2021 after I got laid off from my full-time software sales job due to the pandemic. I'm passionate about mental health, therapy, and obviously Christian dating. Oh, and I also love doing DIY projects. My conversation with Melissa New, right after this. I'd love to connect with you via my weekly newsletter. Joining the Love and Life email list ensures you're the first to know everything going on in the Love and Life family. You'll receive insider perk pricing for consultations and events, and it's the best way to keep in touch when I do what the research suggests is very healthy and take breaks from social media. Subscribe on my website, loveandlifemedia.com. And as a bonus, you'll get my free Empowered Dating Playbook. Hi. 
So tell us all about your mission behind If You Know You Know. As someone who's also a Christian and dealt with the Christian single scene, it's a little dicier than some people might think right off the bat. They might think, oh, you just go to church and you'll meet someone else who has your same faith and values. The problem with that approach, which sounds so easy almost, well, all those Christian people just find each other at church, is that you kind of feel creepy when you're going to church to worship God, and yet you've all, you're also like looking over there like, oh, he's kind of cute. Let me see if there's a ring on that hand. So it's a little bit more awkward than people might think if they haven't been in that situation themselves. And so tell the audience about how you came to come up with this great idea, which by the way, I wish you'd been around when I was single because I would have definitely gone to your events. Well, thank you. Gosh, what you just said about it being creepy or weird to just go up and talk to somebody randomly at church that you just saw, that you saw didn't have a ring on their left hand. It, there's, it, there's just so much more to it than that, that people don't realize if they're already married or it's a lot harder. So what I do is I have, I do mixers for single Christians. Basically, the idea is to gather all the single Christians from a city and bring them together so they can just meet in this kind of more organic, low-pressure way where the intention is, hey, we are meeting each other to see if maybe there's a connection, to see if there's chemistry. But we say, hey, the main goal of this event is just to connect, stay present, low stakes. And so that's just like a more of a high-level view of it. And our actual mission statement is we bridge the gap between the church and single Christians in three ways. Our first and foremost goal in everything is to seek first the kingdom. And we encourage singles to do this in the way that they approach dating as well. And that means that if you're seeking first the kingdom, that means we are trusting that all else will follow, which includes marriage. So we're not seeking first marriage, we're seeking first the kingdom. And that means we're going to have pure intentions. We're going to treat people the way Jesus treated them. So it's not that I'm saying don't seek marriage as a goal. It's that that is not the ultimate goal in dating. And then secondly, We do that through actually physically bringing people together. So through our mixer events. And then third, we want to actually do it in a practical way also by equipping singles with the logistical knowledge tips of, okay, if you're trying to date somebody, which we actually describe and define as the point from when you meet somebody to when either like a cutoff or a friendship or a relationship is established that's the dating phase. There's going to be a lot of no. You only need one yes. You meet a lot of different people. And so we think that there's a lot of pain and confusion going on right now in this, quote, dating phase because people don't know how to say no graciously. They just don't know what to do. Or even guys, they don't know, should I state my intentions on the first date? Should I? I think there's more amazing people than not. And I think that so many of those people just really have never been equipped in how to practically date somebody. Again, that dating phase, because I think it's dating, relationship, engaged, marriage. So, you know, when you're in a relationship with somebody, a dating relationship, it's just so different from being in the dating phase with somebody where you're Mm -hmm. trying to find that person. And I think a lot of pastors and a lot of sermons, whatever, on, quote, dating, they do a really good job on that relationship aspect of it. But Virtually nothing on the dating aspect other than, I mean, (laughs) I would even argue that there's, there's a lot of really bad advice on the quote dating side that really sets up these super high stakes. Because I think a lot of it's honestly driven out of fear. 
of I'm afraid that mm-hmm. my couples, if you're the pastor, will just hook up with each other, just use each other, break each other's hearts, which is coming from a good intention. But if it's coming from fear, that's not from God. And so mm. we like to really say, hey, you don't have to be scared in this stage of your relationship or whatever. And that there are practical tips on how to communicate clearly. And so we model that. We send out follow-up emails that have scripts even that say, hey, yeah. Hey, first name. Thank you so much for chatting with me at the mixer, blah, 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 blah. So that is kind of our overall mission of what IYKYK dating does. So much there that I resonate with from my own experience as a single for many years. And then also from the women and the men also in my community. I agree with you. I think so many people because of that frustration and because like you said, they're not really equipped because we really don't have a lot of instruction available for that dating phase. The ghosting happens because they don't have a nice, easy way to be polite and just exit without having to make a big deal of it. They're afraid that someone's going to freak out and there'll be all this drama. It's simple, but not easy to just say something like you just modeled a few minutes ago. Hey, it was nice meeting you. I don't think it's a fit for long term. I wish you the best in your search for love. But people seem to to shy away from that kind of communication. And then what happens is, to your point, I think that most people out in the dating scene are good people with good intentions. But because these sorts of things have happened with the ghosting, then you get all this, all these guys out there, they're all narcissists and they're they're so cruel, they're mean, and they're breaking hearts left and right. And I'm thinking, I don't know if they're narcissists. So much as they are, as you put it, ill-equipped to handle some of this messy, awkward, this nuanced stage between meeting and then being in a legit relationship. Yes and amen. I think that's absolutely (laughs) it. it, It's never been modeled for them, I think. And I mean, think about it. Like, how do you learn how to apologize to somebody? When you're a little kid, oh, give Susie back her toy and say sorry. You know, like you're modeled it. And also dating has just changed from the way it was 20 years ago, 30 years ago, with even the invention of a text message. You're just having these high levels of communication or just high volume of communication that's happening quickly, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth with multiple people. And our etiquette hasn't really caught up with it. And they're just, you just don't really know. And most people are just, they're trying to do the right thing. They just don't know how to do it. And so, and then you're like, let's go to the church to figure it out. And you would think (laughs) the church would be able to help equip, but, and then the church is also, they're trying to lead people towards the right things. But most of these church leaders that are trying to share sermons on dating, they got married at 22 and very few of them have actually experienced, oh, like this is like the hard part about dating. Again, Mm -hmm. that beginning phase, a dating phase. And so anyway, there's ways to do it in a very godly way that I don't know. I think there's honestly, I think it is. I think there's a spiritual stronghold over Christian dating, which would make so much Mm -hmm. sense. Because why wouldn't Mm -hmm. there be? The devil doesn't want people Mm -hmm. meeting each other and getting married and having kingdom-minded marriages and families. And so I think there's lots of confusion Mm -hmm. over it and there's lots of just, Mm -hmm. and so it's frustrating. I think that's an excellent point because I think there's confusion in the dating landscape in general and certainly additional confusion when it comes to Christians. I echo what you say about well-intentioned leaders in churches and it's not their fault, but when they're trying to tell some 36-year-old woman how to date and how to deal with all the frustrations of multiple broken hearts now in adulthood. And yeah, like you said, he married his college sweetheart. I'm like... (laughs) 
no, just no, (laughs) just no. And, but I also feel that there's a sense of what to do with singles in the church because churches tend to be very family oriented, which is wonderful, Mm -hmm. but the church context can feel very alienating to singles. It propels people. I know sometimes I didn't feel like going to church. I don't need to go and feel yet again, like here I am the single person in the context of all these families and couples having what I would like to have, but do not currently have. So I think what you're doing is a really great way to help these churches who maybe don't know what to do with singles and really do care, but maybe don't, like we're talking about earlier with people being ill-equipped. I think the churches are often ill-equipped. So I love that you're wanting to partner with these churches to say, okay, I get it because I'm living it. (laughs) And let me help you help your, your church community and especially your singles. Exactly. But it's been interesting that actually we have run into a lot of resistance from the churches. Mm. I can see it from both sides of, hey, they don't know who we are. They don't know what we're doing. They, yeah. they don't trust it. They don't know. They, they just want what's best for their singles on the one hand. But then on the other hand, there's just, there's really this, in me, if I'm being completely honest, a real frustration and a real anger towards the church sometimes because yeah. It feels like, hey, listen, you're not doing anything about it. And so I have stepped up, done it myself. I created this program. I created this event. Can you literally just tell your singles about it? Can you just post it on your social media? Can you just make an yeah. announcement? And they're like, we can't do that. That's just, we, didn't, we don't do things like that. We only promote things within our church. And again, on one hand, I, I totally get it. But then it's mm-hmm. so frustrating because I'm like, in my head, I'm like, well, what are you doing for your singles? And do you have right. mixers that you help facilitate these environments for your singles to yeah. meet? Are you bringing in dating coaches to equip your singles on how to do this? And yeah. we have seen more people kind of warm up to the idea, but it's just so, it's so frustrating being kind of this middleman of people being like, you should just talk to churches. I'm sure they would love to promote it. And being like, <laughs> I've tried. And I have had conversations with my pastors from home and Pastors that I have had, I do have a relationship with that are kind of like, I'm like, tell me what is going on here? Like, why are all y'all not listening to me? And they're like, to be, and I've had multiple pastors tell me dating is a trigger word in, in the Christian community. And then another pastor has told me, yeah, like within the last 20 years, it feels like churches have just kind of done away with singles ministry because they thought Mm -hmm. it was kind of awkward and weird. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. And then the other thing is that a lot of times guys are not on social media because we advertise on Facebook or Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And which for good reason, they're not on TikTok and Instagram, which I'm like, it's probably a good thing, right? But they're not, they're not on these platforms. Mm -hmm. So in my head, sometimes I'm like, how am I supposed to even just let them know that we are here available, wanting to serve them, wanting to connect them with other people. And we always have at least double, if not triple the amount of girls trying to get into these events. But we say we only have even ratios. Yeah. And that's something that's just really important to us. And so it's just this really, this weird kind of frustrating thing that just even as an entrepreneur, just I'm like, how can I fix this? And so I think it's, it's, it's getting better over time, but it definitely is a, a real frustration that if I could say anything to the church leaders, it'd be like, hey, like, why can't you just make an announcement at church? I don't know. So it's just a hard thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering why they're so triggered. I wonder if they're afraid it's going to become some crazy party and they're somehow associated with it because they announced it or they had it in the bulletin. They're like, then it's it spun into an orgy and we're yeah. 
exactly I mean, what they're scared of. <laughs> <laughs> and you're really? like, how many times do I need to tell you that is so not our intention is like the exact opposite because when pastors and churches don't provide anything for singles, singles go, all right, I guess I got to go to the bar. I guess I got to hit the club. And do they really want that? I mean, it, which is not a horrible thing. I mean, like I met nice guys at bars yeah. and clubs, so I'm not trying to vilify Amazing. those spaces. Cause I mean, absolutely, I did because again, a lot of nice people are going to wherever the heck they can to try to meet other nice people. Yes. And here you're saying, not only are we going to try to pull together nice people, but also people with the common faith and common values, which all the research on marriage shows that the strongest, most satisfying, happiest marriages are those in which the couple shares these core values. And that's a very unpopular opinion in my space. And I've even written an article before, and it was for a dating service kind of thing. And in it, I mentioned some of the key points about happy marriages. And when I got to faith, that we have so much more satisfaction in our marriages and so much less to fight about when we share that common bond of faith, I was told, just let's not talk about that because people have interfaith marriages all the time and they work out great. And I'm like, sometimes yes, but if we look at the research, we really stack the, the odds against us. But I got pushed back because people want to act as if these core values don't matter that much. I'm thinking then no wonder we have frustration in our relationships when we haven't even started them from a place of common ground. Absolutely. It's so true. And that's something that with our events, we are so clear about this is for Christians. And we have a higher ticket price for it because of that reason. And people say, how do you know that just Christians are going to show up? How do you know? And I say, because they're paying a good amount of money to go. Where else are you going to meet people who live in your city who are Christian, who are within 10 to 12 years maybe of your age, and that are also paid money to go there? everybody's there for the right reasons, the same reasons. They're just trying to find somebody. And if not, they're just trying to find community. And more than anything, if you don't find your person necessarily, you are finding just like friends Mm -hmm. and community. And you're being able to see, I am not the only single person in this city. Thank God. Because I was starting to think I was the only one left. And you're seeing seeing attractive guys, attractive girls. And you're like, okay, if if there's these people, there's got to be more. And so it's encouraging to see it. And something in our event that we are just really passionate about is a lot of times in dating is very almost objectifying humans because you're basically Mm. saying, hey, if this person isn't going to be your husband or wife, get out as fast as you can. Move on, Mm. on to the next, which like in some ways it's yes, but at the same Mm. time, so I've been, I've been going on dates for the last four years and I've gone on over 60 first dates kind of my, my thing now. I'm like, guys, I've been on over 60 first dates. I would say <laughs> that if anybody has a reason to be discouraged about having so many first dates in such a short amount of time and still not finding the person, I'm like, it's me. But, I, but I'm not discouraged and I'm still so hopeful towards dating because I changed one thing. And that was instead of seeking first marriage, I'm like, I'm going to seek first the kingdom and connection and say, hey, listen, if I just connect with this person even if that's mm-hmm. not going to be my husband or even a potentially my husband, I still consider that success because I was able to stay present and I was able to be like Jesus to that person. And I have had mm. so many amazing conversations where one of my passions is therapy and I want to go back to school to become a marriage family therapist. Oh. And so I'm like, I know that's like a way that I can serve people, especially when I kind of in my head, I'm like, okay, hey, this isn't going to go anywhere. I'm like kind of switching to therapist mode a little bit. And then 
we just talk about life. And when we approach dating that way, then, I mean, not saying we'd be their therapist, but hey, I might have something to offer this person and they might have something to offer me. But you just don't know if for the minute you sit down and say, this isn't my person, how do I get out of the state as fast as possible? And so I know that God has the person for me. I don't know how I'm going to meet him or when I'm going to meet him. But I know that I'm putting myself out there. I'm going on dates. I'm opening myself up to, again, just like human interaction with somebody and being like, how can I just acknowledge them as a fellow human being? I just was struck by the wisdom of being present. And mm. that's something that I think many people on the dating scene struggle. They, within the first five, 10 minutes, they're like, ah, oh, this is not, I'm not clicking. I don't feel that energy, that, that chemistry. And then they check out and that yes. is dehumanizing. And if you've agreed to, to connect for a period of time for dinner, then be present in that dinner and honor that them. human being. Exactly. Also, right. They're struggling too, to find love. So even if it's not the two of you, just be present and it's interesting you made that mental shift because I did too. I, I realized I don't, I wish I counted because I probably, I didn't get married <laughs> until 42, Melissa. So probably more than 60 first yeah. dates, but I never counted. I should have. But yeah, just when I started realizing that, you know what, the goal of tonight is not to meet my husband. Now that'd be great. That'd be great. But mm-hmm. how about the goal of tonight is for me to have dinner and make a connection with another human being, honor this person with the same goals and desires that I'm having in this moment. And if we're not a fit, at least just be respectful of this human being instead of objectifying them like not for me out. It can be so cruel. People feel commodified and feel disposable. Mm -hmm. And I I know that feeling because I have felt it before. And even if you check out on the date and you notice this person is checked out, is it because I was ugly? Mm-hmm. Is it because I am fat? Is it because I'm not funny enough? And you literally can just spiral so fast. And while yep. I would never say that person's feeling is your responsibility, it's so dishonoring. And it's so, if you could have an opportunity to like build that person up. So I personally, like I always make a habit of trying to, especially if it was a good date, send send them off with a nice text message and build them up and be like, hey, I, I saw these things in you that were awesome. And your future spouse is going to love this about because I'm like, why the heck not? Mm-hmm. And uh, help our brothers and sisters instead of contributing to more pain. Like I said before about our mission statement that we try to incorporate that into our events. So kind of the structure of it is we check everybody in and then I get up or the host gets up and, and says this little speech about like, hey, listen, we're all here. We're all single. I'm single. We're in the same boat. We're not desperate. We're just putting ourselves in situations. And what I want you all to focus on tonight is just staying present and connecting and Mm. read the verse about honoring one another. And Mm. we are brothers and sisters in Christ, honor one another above ourselves. And we kind of talk about there's going to be a lot of no's. So how to communicate your no. And we actually, we have guys fill out these flirty business cards where they have their name, their number, their contact information. And we say, guys, we want to really empower men in this space to step up and to yeah. be fearless and be bold. Because in church, especially, guys don't want to be creepy and they want to respect the women. They don't want the women to feel right. scared. And so, right. but then they're always hearing men won't step up and ask girls out. They suck. And they're like, okay, you don't want me to do it or you do want me to do it. And they're like, right. I just want to do what you yeah. want me to do. They're so caught and I just have so much compassion for these guys. Anyway, so Mm -hmm. being like, hey guys, we want to give you a space where you're not going to be called creepy. You can actually practice coming up to a girl 
and talking to her. And, and we actually have structured games so that it makes it very easy. Bingo game where they go and they find somebody who matches their bingo card. And then we have the question game and just really fun, interactive things. And we say, if you are talking to a girl that you would like to get to know better, A, remember, it's just a date. You're just getting to know them better. Women, if you see a guy wanting to get to know another woman, he's not cheating on you. He's literally just getting to know other girls. We say, ask the girl, (laughs) hey, can I give you my card? I'd love to see you again. And then we say, women, we want to really encourage you also to have integrity, which means if you're not into it, you know you'll never be into it. Say, hey, thank you so much for your boldness, but I'd just rather stay friends. And then that's that. But if you do accept the card, we say you have 48 hours to respond to him. And whether that means, hey, like, thanks so much for giving me your card. I had a good time tonight. Or we also say, ladies, you can change your mind. You're allowed to change your mind. Guys, you're allowed to change your mind. You're allowed to. But you need to communicate that. And that could look like mm-hmm. script. Giving people yeah. these these tools to be able to say, I changed my mind. I'm sorry. But we also say, guys, you have 48 hours as well to respond to this girl. And you can't just give your card and just not ever, <laughs> she can't just not ever hear from you again. And we say, if, if we find out that you haven't, responded, then we're not going to allow you to come to our next events. You're out. We don't always obviously find out, but that's kind of right, like, right. we just say, Hey, like we're serious about this. Let's create a no ghosting culture. We really want to just set those expectations from the beginning of the mixer event. And we've gotten really good responses about it. And people are like, thank you. So sweet. Some guys will be like, I feel like I built my confidence up. I feel like I have so much more confidence to talk to girls now. And, and from the other side of girls being like, you know what, after your event, a guy asked me out and I said, no. And I felt, I didn't know I was allowed to, I didn't know I was allowed to say no. And I'm just like, yes, (laughs) clear communication. Let's go. Yeah. It's amazing. As you're talking, I'm thinking about all the levels. There's the, the church level we've discussed. There's also just the dating skills. Like you said earlier, equipping people there's that element, which is kind of psychoeducational, which I mean, you're doing some social skills building. And then there's the level of trying to honor people, recognizing they're all coming with their own broken hearts, probably if they've been on the dating scene for a bit, which most of them will have been. So yeah, they're coming with their own vulnerabilities and anxiety. And it's just, yeah, it's just a really nice model that you've created. Which cities have you been able to host events so far and which cities are you targeting for the future? Let's see go from coast to coast. So in California, we have uh, San Diego here. We've done it like three or four times now. Orange County, Sacramento, San Jose, LA, Phoenix. And then we've done Austin. Just got back from Austin yesterday. We've done that twice. Dallas. We're going to Houston upcoming. And then we're also going to be going to Nashville, I believe Atlanta, possibly the DC area, Florida. So far, I think that's pretty much it for the end of 2022. The idea and what we're trying to do is go to the same city every four months. You know, and it's been really interesting that almost every single time we've done reoccurring events, it's never all the same people ever. I think people are kind of afraid Mm -hmm. of that. Oh, I've already been to that event once. I didn't find anybody. It's like, literally, we have so many new people, only a few reoccurring people come yeah. like for a second time. And so I'm like, y'all come again. Like there's, there's always new people. And so we, we want to kind of create like a presence in, in every city and every state around the country, like the big ones. Right now, what is kind of the biggest probably thing that's holding us back is just finding good hosts because I can't go to every single one of them and I'm trying to scale it so that sure. I can have local hosts in different areas. Sure. 
yeah, we really want to be in a lot of different cities just to, to really offer this service to more people. And we've even had one engagement already and they're going to get married, I think, in a month. So that's the coolest part of these. Yes. And you got to get them to be out there as your spokespeople, right? Maybe they can host at some place. Yeah. So that people can see, yes, it really works. You meet in this Mm -hmm. mixer environment and yes, true love can happen. If you have just a few seconds to help me out, I would so appreciate it. You can do so by heading over to Apple Podcasts giving us a five-star rating and a few sentences of review that helps others find the program and join the Love and Life family. So thank you so much for letting us know about your mission and, and your passion, your heart for singles. And so I appreciate your time today and let people know how they can get on your mailing list and follow you on social media and learn about when events are going to be held. Absolutely. So right now we're in the middle of making a website. So the best way at the moment would be to go to www.iykykdatingmixers.com. Then again, that's iykykdatingmixers.com. And we have different links there and, and fill out our interest form. That's the biggest thing that you can do right now because we look at, hey, what area has the most people interested in so we can go there next. Again, that's www.iykykdatingmixers.com. And then you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at iykyk.dating. And we just always post a lot of stuff on there. And I enjoy making the TikToks, so you can see me being silly. (laughs) (laughs) I don't do TikTok at the moment, but I've seen your reels and they're quite cute. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks again. It was great to connect with you. Awesome. Thank you as well. The love and life hack for this week is, if you know, you know. And now you do know about an offline way to meet other singles. Even if you're not a Christian yourself, maybe you could share info about IYKYK with a friend who might be interested in attending an event. Thank you as always for joining us today. If you haven't already, please head over to my website, loveandlifemedia.com to grab your free empowered dating playbook with research-based recommendations for how to date smarter, not harder. Take charge of your thoughts. Take charge of your life. This is Dr. Karen Anderson April, and until next time, make it a great week. Love and Life is produced by Tim May and hosts and executive producer, Dr. Karen Anderson April.